Well, good morning. We are in the book of Hebrews, continuing through the book of Hebrews this morning, and we come to chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. And this is normally uh, nicknamed the Hall of Faith. And the reason for that is is because we have a lot of the saints of the Old Testament that are showing their faith, and it is giving us an outline, and it's giving us uh, person by person by person um, those individuals in the Old Testament that believed God, and we are given this example. Now, the reason why we have this chapter, and the reason why the writer of Hebrews, and we've talked about this in previous chapters as to who wrote the book of Hebrews, and it's not really necessary for us to go over that again, But the writer of Hebrews gives us this information here in chapter 11. Again, remember that we are dealing with Hebrew Christians who were wanting to turn away from the faith, who were wanting to leave the faith, who were actually wanting to go back to Judaism. And that is not acceptable. This chapter, chapter 11 It's giving us very interesting information, and it's going to give us, at the end, when it sums it all up, we're going to find out what this really was all about and why this happened. So he starts off in chapter 1, now now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, substance here means the confidence or the ground of your faith. Now, faith is the confidence of things hoped for, the evidence or the proof of things not seen. By faith, we all come to the Lord Jesus by faith, which is how? Well, first, you were not believing in the Lord Jesus at all. You never believed on him. Then, when you heard the good news of the gospel, you believed on Jesus Christ. You have never seen Jesus Christ. You have never heard him talk to you. You have never touched Jesus Christ. But by faith, by believing this word, this gospel word that was spoken to you, by faith, you believe it. You believe it. And it is your, it is your believing in that faith. It is your faith in Jesus Christ, whom you do not see. It is that kind of powerful faith, it is the confidence of the things that are hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It says, for by it the elders obtained a good report. That word good report is the same word as a martyr. It's a witness. It's a, uh, a good uh, a, a something that someone has. It's like a, a good reputation. By it, it says, the elders obtained a good report, a good witness. The elders are obviously those who were trusting in God in the Old Testament, waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he begins, and he starts off actually like with Abel, and he goes through, as you're going to find here in in chapter 11, he goes through from Genesis all the way to the end. And he starts off with Abel, and he says, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Now, remember in Genesis that Abel offered a lamb unto God. 
Now, we are not told in the New Testament, I mean in the Old Testament, we're not told in Genesis that he was to offer a lamb because he offered a lamb and Cable Cain offered some type of fruits and vegetables and things of this sort. But Abel offered a lamb. So, But we're not told that that's what God required. But I'm confident that somehow he communicated that to them. And for his disobedience in Cain not offering a lamb, he was disobedient. But Abel, because he had faith, and what is that? Believing in God. If God had said to him, I want you to offer a lamb, he believed God. He trusted in what God was saying. This is very important because for us as Christians today, we must obey. We must trust in what God has said through his word. We must trust what he says. We must obey without question what God has said to us because he knows better and it is by faith. It says that he offered a more excellent sacrifice, which was the lamb, a a foreshadowing of the Lord Jesus, obviously, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, absolutely. God testifying of his gifts, that is that God accepted his offer, but Cain, he did not accept his offer. And by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. So people still speak of the righteousness of Abel. They still speak of Abel's offering unto God. And people name their children Abel. You don't see a lot of people naming their children Cain. Then he goes on, he says, By faith, Enoch, who was an Old Testament saint in the book of Genesis, was translated. Now, that word translated means going from one place to another without traveling in between. It's as if I was in one city. I was in, say, I wanted, say I was in New York, and I wanted to get to Los Angeles, and somehow, miraculously, God took me from New York and put me in Los Angeles without ever having to travel the 3,000 miles or so in between. That's what translated means. That Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Did you know that you could... Did you know that you could please God? And the way you please God is by faith. We're going to find that out very quickly here. But notice here in verse 5 that God uses the word translated or translated or translation three times. He says that he was translated, he should not see death, and he was found not because God translated him. Before his translation, he had this testimony, please God. So what happened here? This is a miracle. This is miraculous. Enoch totally believed God in everything, and he believed by faith. He believed God in God, that God was real and true, and he believed everything about God, and he believed so much and walked in so much righteousness that God took him and brought him. In verse 6, he says then, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So can you please God? Yes, you can please God. Absolutely. You can please God. And the way you do that is by faith, by believing in him. And I know I say that over and over again, but it's true that you must believe with all your heart and mind and soul that God is and that Jesus is your Savior and that God has saved you and Jesus has saved you and you will be with him in heaven. 
that without faith it's impossible to please him. You can't get to God by doing the Ten Commandments. You can't get to God by doing good works. You can't get to God by you know, burning some incense and chanting some chant. You have to come through the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved by him. And that's what it says here, that it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Not just believe God, not just believe God for miracles he does, but to believe the very person of God, to believe in him. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Oh, if we could get to where we were diligently wanting to seek God every day. Oh, how we would have such faith. He goes on and he says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Noah, obviously, was told by God, build an ark when when no one had ever seen rain. No one ever knew what rainstorms or thunderstorms were. No one ever seen floods. No one knew what floods were or rain. Go back and read it in in Genesis. They didn't know what rain was. They never seen rain because God says that he watered the ground with a mist that came up. There was no rain. They didn't know what rain was. So God warned Noah, and Noah obediently, obediently, trusting God, believing in him, believing his word, said, yes, I'll build this ark. And he did. And to the saving of his house, it says, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, he believed God, built the ark, saved his house, and condemned the wicked world that was around him at that time by faith, by believing what God had said to do. By faith, it says, Abraham, the father of the faith here, when he was called to go out into a place where he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, get this now, not knowing whether he went. Obeyed, yes, God, I'll go. And he just went out. He just went out. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what direction he was supposed to go. He just went, and God led him. God brought him to, the, to where he was supposed to go, to the land of promise. It says, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. See, even Abraham who went out from Ur of the Chaldees to the promised land, even when he went out, he didn't know where he was going. He didn't know. All he knew is that he was looking for, he believed in God, he trusted in God, and he was looking for that heavenly city. And if this was how he was to follow God, if this was how he was to believe in God, then he went and did it wholeheartedly. He says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, even though she did laugh, and even though she did question the fact whether or not she could have a child, she did eventually. And I'll tell you what, when she got pregnant, when she started to see that baby bump, I can guarantee you she believed, she totally believed, and and God gave her strength to have that child because she was 90 years old. Now, we read 
And we see of people who are saying, oh, this woman was 40 years old, or this woman was 55 years old, or this lady over here was 60, 67 years old and she had a baby. They probably don't tell you that it's it's through other, some other forms of means, but if it was done naturally, okay, well, we say, wow, that's really amazing. But Sarah was 90 years old. Go scour and look, and you will not find somebody who had a natural childbirth at 90 years old. That was a total miracle, and by faith, Sarah believed God, and he gave her strength to deliver the child. It says in verse 12, Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars and the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. That is what Isaac would bring forth. These all died in faith, not receiving the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. So if the fathers of the, in the, of the faith, which is those Old Testament saints, if they fully believed, they, did, they, they, they didn't have the promises, they didn't see Jesus, they didn't get the promise of the Holy Spirit, but they saw it afar off, they didn't have heaven, they saw it afar off, yet they were granted entrance. And they, it says that they that, that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country that is heaven. And truly, if they had been, verse 15, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to call their, to be called their God, for he hath prepared them a city." So they completely believed in God, they completely trusted in Him, even though they hadn't received the promise yet, even though they hadn't seen heaven yet, they believed and trusted in God, and God was not ashamed to call them their God, and He prepared a city for them. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. When Abraham, this is what you don't see in Genesis, but you see it here in Hebrews. This is the rest of the part of the whole narrative. That even when Abraham was putting Isaac on the altar, getting his knife out and ready to plunge the knife in, he had totally believed that even if I do this, And even if I kill Isaac, God will raise him from the dead right in front of me. That's how much faith that Abraham had believed God. And that is the overabundance of faith that we should have, that we should have in the Lord Jesus, that we should have in God. If Abraham was believed God to the point where he says, I'll just, even if I kill my son, I know he'll raise him up from the dead. What confidence, what power of faith in believing Oh, that we would have that, that we would have that and not shrink back, believing God completely. And see, that's the problem today. Many of us and many Christians and many people just simply don't, they, oh, they look at the scriptures and they read and they listen to this and that and they think, oh, yeah, whatever. But they don't really deeply believe God's word completely. And you see this. 
You see this constantly because there are certain things in the Bible and in the scriptures that God requires us, commands us to do. And people don't observe it. People don't follow it. And what's even more so is, even though they claim to be Christians, a person comes along and tells me, you know, the Bible says that we should do this and this. And they get angry at you. No, no. And they come up with some reasoning as to why they don't need to follow that, as to why they don't need to obey that. No. The word that we should understand is that we should believe God and obey without question. Verse 19, uh, verse 19, accounting that God was able to raise him up from the dead from whence he else received him as a figure. Verse 20, by faith Isaac, now we're continuing through here, and I don't know if you're starting to see a pattern yet, but I will show you at the end that you'll see this pattern that's beginning to develop. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. He believed. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning on top of his staff, believing God. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Joseph said, I know at some point in the future, God is going to deliver the Hebrew people from Egypt. This is what you do. Carry my bones with me and go. He gave instructions like that for his forethought, his believing of God, knowing that God would deliver them, would deliver them. And he makes mention and says, do this with my bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to joy, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of reward. So Moses, the, his mother and his dad, they hid him because they believed that God was going to do something great with Moses. When Moses came to years, he, he, was, he, he believed God so much that he was going to be a part of the Israelite people and leading them out that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, rejecting the titles of the world, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, get this, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And that verse has been totally preached on many, many, many times. And I could preach on that too, and that's for another time. But he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, and he surely could have. And why did he do this by faith? Because he believed God, and he believed what God was going to do with the Hebrew people. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of reward. He looked, he was forward-thinking, forward-believing. He believed that God was going to reward him one day for his faithfulness, and he surely did. It says, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And remember that he forsook Egypt, fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He forsook because he went and he killed an Egyptian and hit him in the sand. And it says here that by faith 
He forsook Egypt, believing God, and he endured as seeing him who is invisible. All while he left Egypt, all while he was gone, he continued to endure wherever he went to, eventually ending up in Midian, because he believed God. He kept believing in God who is invisible. How beautiful. He says, through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. God had told them, take the blood of the lamb and sprinkle it on the doorpost and the lentil, and the angel of death will pass over that area. Moses believed God when he said that and did that. Again, this is the word that God had spoken to Moses, and Moses believed it and obeyed it. How many of us do that with God's word that's in front of us? That's God's word that we hold in our hand, that we read daily. Do we believe it and act upon it, believing God absolutely? Absolutely believing God about it? Many times people don't. And this is the problem that we find, that they're not trusting in God, that they read something in the scripture that they have to obey and they don't do it because they want to wish it away or not believe it. No, we have to believe every word that God has said. It says, by faith, they, that's all the people of, of Israel, the Hebrew people, passed through the Red Sea as dry land, which the Egyptians, as saying to do, were drowned. They believed going down into that dry, uh, that dry bottom, sea bottom, with the walls of water on either side. They believed that God would protect them and get them through there. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Obviously, she had heard about the exploits of of Joshua. She heard about how God was awesome and that what the things that God was doing is she believed God for it. And when they said, if you bring all your family into this house and you tie the scarlet thread, when we come, we will not destroy your house. And the writer says, and what more shall I, shall I say, and, and what shall I more say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and Barak, and Samson, and of Jephthah, and David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and of imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute and afflicted and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens of caves of the earth. And these all, it says, having obtained a good report or a good witness or a good reputation, through faith received not the promise, that is, of seeing Jesus, of seeing him and the Messiah that came that was that was prophesied in Deuteronomy. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they with, without us should not be made perfect. That is the whole chapter of Hebrews. And what is the point at the end here? 
What is the point that God is driving at for us to understand? That though these individuals in the New Testament who are written here in the Hall of Faith had faith, by faith they did this, by faith they did that, by faith they conquered this or did this or did that, the little bit of light that they had to get them to heaven, they obeyed it. We who have the end product, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and who are filled with the Holy Spirit, if they had such little light to get them to heaven, and we have such great light, they have a small light, we have the entirety of the sun, S-O-N, shining on us, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what the point is, that we ought to not neglect that. We ought to not neglect this light that's given to us, that, this, that, that the littlest things of faith that they believed in got them there. And all we do is believe by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are saved. That, again, this is what the writers of Hebrews was telling the Hebrew Christians. And in another series, and in another mound of evidence that he puts forth to them as to not leave the faith, to go back to Judaism, there's nothing back there, you can't go back. And he says, look, look, look at the Old Testament, look at the... Old Testament saints, look at the fathers of the faith back. Look what they did, that little bit that they got just to obtain heaven. They obeyed. Oh, if they could have had what we had. Don't go back is what he's saying here. And that God having provided, in verse 40, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. How beautiful it is that they, though they're in heaven, when when we are all as the Bible says, when, when the fullness of Gentiles comes in and everyone is saved and all those that are to be saved are saved, and we're all reunited with Jesus, they come with Jesus, and we, if we're here and, we're alive and, and are alive and remain and are taken up with Jesus, we all get our new glorified bodies at the same time. We all are at the throne of Jesus at the same time. How wonderful it is that we all get the same thing at the same time and no one gets anything better than the other person. How awesome, how really awesome that that really is. So that is Hebrews chapter 11. Next week we'll look at Hebrews chapter 12 and we're moving our way through the book. Let us continue in faith, believing God to the very end.